If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. has been replaced with how should we call this march madness has been replaced with corona crazy or corona sadness i said march sadness no 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 because you gotta have the corona no you you gotta have corona is a beer an alcoholic beverage well it's also a virus that's taking all the fun out of our world Mm i just you want my opinion on the coronavirus it sucks the fun it's a fun sucking virus that's sucking the fun out of the world. So here, here's where we stand. Um, the NCAA has canceled all winter and spring championships. The NBA playoffs are, are the NBA, excuse me, is on suspension right now. Major League Baseball is pushing its start date back, start date back at least two weeks. NHL is postponing its things. Um, so where does that leave us? I mean, here, here's the thing. And this is a cause look, I, I, I don't want to belittle this coronavirus. Okay. Cause here's, here's what, here's my official stance on it. If you're one of those people who like you give in to the pandemonium and you're overprepared and you've bought 144 rolls of toilet paper and like you're locked into your house and you're afraid to go outside, that's okay. If that's you, that's you. That's the way you're made. That's the way you react. That's the way you respond. If you're one of those people who are like, come on, let's go outside. Let's have some fun. I will not cow down to fear. That kind of person, if that's you, you know what? That's okay. Because that's the way you're made. That's the person that you are. I don't believe that we should like pick a side and fight to the death based off our stance on this virus. Because here, here's what I'm getting at. People are going to react different ways to this virus and the thing that really was kind of the common unity of this was sports it it was an out you know some people are going to make fun of it some people are going to make stupid comments and fun have fun with it because that's their personality that's what they do that's how they escape right you know some people when they get nervous when they get hesitant when they get frustrated they, they fall back to sarcasm and so snarkiness some people when they get nervous or hesitant or whatever, they become cranky. Everyone's different, but everyone had something to fall back onto that was an escape, such as the upcoming NCAA basketball tournament or the 
what was the Big 12 basketball tournament or the looking forward to the Major League Baseball season starting at the end of this month. And now all of that is gone as well. Real fast, your thoughts on the decision to cancel sports. And I'm serious when I say this, to cancel fun, because that's what it is. It doesn't, again, it doesn't make light of the situation, but we have no choice but to take anything serious now because all the fun has been sucked out. I am going to say this also. I'm calling it right now, 6.20 p.m. on March 12th. I'm calling it. There will be a boom of babies born in December. <laughs> I'm just saying. December, there will be a massive population increase. Initially, when we began hearing rumblings of what could potentially be handed down by the NCAA as it pertained to any major events, sporting events, specifically championships, I thought it was a knee-jerk reaction. And I was very critical of the decisions that slowly trickled down from that, where all of a sudden the first decision we knew of was that fans would not be allowed inside. It specifically pertained to Ohio because of a state regulation that was immediately put into force just ahead of the NCAA tournament, which meant any of the NCAA games, more specifically, we're looking at the first four, would have two games played with no fans in attendance. And then the host side of Dayton, Ohio, would also be without fans in attendance. That decision from Ohio then swept through the rest of the host sites. And, and again, I was still on board with saying, what, an, what a knee-jerk reaction. The percentage of the population that has been confirmed to carry the COVID-19 at that point in time was very slim. Then, all of a sudden, we're in the state of Oklahoma. I knew that we had two confirmed cases in Tulsa. All of a sudden, it's transported via the Utah Jazz to Oklahoma City, and I felt like pandemonium broke loose from that point. Yeah, absolutely, because you and I had a conversation uh, earlier today about what was the trigger, you know, and I think the NCAA saying, you know what, we're going to limit this. It's going to be essential personnel only. Um, You know, that's that's one thing. Um, But when the NBA, when, when Rudy Gobert gets, you know, becomes ill with it. NBA, first of all, and, and, and we have a timeline up of that at heartland-sports.com. You know, uh, that game gets canceled. Subsequently, the Sacramento-New Orleans game was canceled mm-hmm. because an official had had called the game Monday night that Gobert participated in. And then all of a sudden, NBA is like, you know what? We're done. This thing is it's done. It's suspended. Um, and then I think that was the panic button. That's when the NCAA, it was like, hey, we're, we're done. You know, this, this isn't going to happen. Right. I, I, that, 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 the trigger, I think it was precautionary prior to that. You, you look at the NCAA tournament, and it is part of, the, part of the fun of the NCAA tournament. The March Madness is the fans. The fans' reaction to the crazy plays, the Cinderella's, the come-from-behind wins, that's, that's the March Madness. But I still say that was precautionary. 
And I'm okay with that. And honestly, I'm okay with the way things are right now. I hate it. I think it stinks, but I'm okay with it. I, if you want me to get on here and criticize the decision to cancel everything, I'm not going to do that. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily, but I, I see what the point is. Okay. Mm -hmm. I see the decisions made. Right. But I do think the NBA particularly Rudy Gobert, that's the trigger that moved this from precautionary and, to pandemonium. And let's be honest. I believe the NBA's decision, as heartbreaking as it may be for some people, there's a there's a lot of dominoes that will fall that have not yet been discussed. I think there's there's some inklings of that discussion beginning to creep up to the surface of who all is affected by these types of decisions. But I want to go back to kind of where I left off because all of a sudden it, it hits Oklahoma City via the NBA and specifically the Utah Jazz. You've mentioned the NBA's decision, which then caused these it, – it's almost as if no one wanted to be first – the NBA just so happened to be the first one as the third highest grossing sport in the world, mind you, third highest grossing sport making that decision. All of a sudden, it deemed it okay for these smaller grossing sports to follow suit, which Allah became the NCAA. Needless to say, I, I, I still thought at that point in time, I, I was saying it's a knee-jerk reaction, Matt. Um, today, having some time to think about that, I know we're sitting here on Thursday, having some time to think about that, I have to ask myself the question because I didn't think that I was going to come to this realization. I, I wasn't on board with it yesterday. I am on board with it today, but I do think the NBA, I think the NCAA are, are taking precautions because of what's happened in Italy specifically. We look at the numbers, how many are infected. The last time I looked, it was 160,000 people. You looked at the deaths. Now, it's not an extremely high ratio, but 1,000 people is, is crowning a champion of an NCAA tournament worth even one person's life. And, and the answer for me is a no. And that's a hard okay, no. But here's the thing. And I, I really don't want to get into this. But I'm going to. But I don't want to. Because I don't have a side in this. Okay? I don't. I understand. I, I understand precaution. And you know what I do for a living. I travel the world for a living. And, and I'm not even supposed to be here right now. But I'm here because of this virus and precautions. But if that's the stance. If... if if a person getting sick and dying, one person, if it's just one person we save, then it's worth it. Then every flu season, we got to cancel sports. And again, people are, well, you know, you don't take this serious. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is life sometimes sucks. People get sick, people die. Okay, that's life. There's nothing we can do. We'll never be able to take away enough stuff, enough events that's going to stop that from happening. And people don't like to hear that. People are going to get mad about that. We're going to get re reviews on Apple Podcasts for me saying that. But the truth is, that's what it is. The Let me just say one more thing. You can't stop this thing from spreading. Canceling sports... It's not going to stop it from spreading. It is still going to spread. Mm -hmm. And and I do, I mean, look, I, I'm not saying I don't value life. I don't. I, I'm not saying that at all. I do. I value life immensely. But what I'm saying is every flu season, 
thousands of people are going to die from the flu every year. Every so year. We, every year. Every now, year. I'm if the coronavirus goes away tomorrow, this year, thousands of people will still have died from the flu. The difference, though, is when we look at this strain and these mutations that are coming off of the epicenter that was Wuhan, China, all of a sudden – you're going to compare the flu, and rightfully so, natural to do so. One has a vaccine, the other doesn't. And I think that's where the, the big, bigger conversation begins to bubble up. But here's the thing, Matt. With, with the NCAA, with the NBA, let, let me finish this because I know you want to get in here. With the NCAA and with the NBA, here's what, what I know would happen. If you banned people from the arenas, guess where they're going? Well, they're still going to go to the bars and the bars, yeah, the I pubs. Mean, look, they're still the going to do that. The Buffalo Wild Wings. Even though there's no sports, that's what are they? What do people mm-hmm. want? They want camaraderie. So I'm telling you, Buffalo Wild Wings is still going to be full. The bars are still going to be full. People are still going to. That's what I'm saying. People have to live their lives. Well, that you just made my point. <laughs> it's not. Look, I, and again, I, I know how I sound. All I'm saying is. It's not going to keep this thing from spreading. It's still going to spread. People are still going to sick, get sick. People are still going to die. Even with the flu vaccine, people die every year. And the flu vaccine isn't always working. I mean, people get the vaccine and they die of the flu. That, that is a proven fact. So. How does that affect Oklahoma athletics? That's what we want to talk about next. Um, The University of Oklahoma releasing a statement today, uh, actually just a little bit ago before we started recording, basically says this. The University of Oklahoma Athletics Department announced today it is suspending all athletic competitions as well as as all out-of-session practices and workouts until further notice. This rapidly developing situation has warranted consideration on many factors and the health and welfare of people we serve is at the forefront of all of our deliberations. We will communicate updates as appropriate. Rich, one of the things that we were going to talk about on our kind of agenda for this podcast is, is spring football next. Well, the answer to that is found in this release from the University of Oklahoma, and that is absolutely yes. Spring football at the University of Oklahoma has been halted. So let's talk about what that means. This episode of the Sooner Nation podcast is brought to you by The Athletic, a subscription-based news site for real fans through in-depth coverage from local writers like Jason Kersey on every team, plus national writers that you already know like Jay Glazer, Michael Lombardi. The Athletic is setting a new standard for sports news. There are no ads or pop-ups or clickbait, just sports writing that tells the story behind the story. Each subscriber gets a personalized feed of stories live writer Q&As and more. Just download the Athletic app. You pick your favorite teams and Athletic will begin surfacing all the latest news on players and storylines and all the things that matter to you. If you're like me, if you're a fantasy sports junkie, they do a great job on providing coverage on fantasy sports that you won't find anywhere else. Here's the deal. If you're ready to start your subscription, we got you hooked up. If you will just simply go to theathletic.com slash overtime. That's theathletic.com slash overtime. You will get 40% off a yearly subscription. You can't beat that. Boomer Sooner. Okay, so when you talk about the suspension of spring football at Oklahoma, we want to start there because that's kind of, that's what everybody wants to know about. Spring ball. Football always pays the bills. 
when you're talking about college athletics. But it's bigger than just the suspension of spring football. Baseball was rolling. Sooners with the third best record in the Big 12. Softball, odds on favorite to win the Big 12 and repeat uh, their appearance, what seems to be an annual appearance now at the uh, Women's College World Series. That's done. You know, you've got really at the at the front of all this is uh, hundreds of athletes for the University of Oklahoma, thousands of athletes across the nation who are seeing their careers come to an end based off of this decision by the U, by the NCAA that trickled down to the individual universities. So I want to come back to that, but I want to start by talking spring football. And I, I'm 100% certain when I say this, the University of Oklahoma will have some sort of spring football practice. Not right now. I mean, I know for the next three weeks at least, that's off the table. But you're allotted these workout times by the NCAA, and there's zero chance that the university is going to get into the summer and not have these workouts in. It's going to happen. As this, as this, as this pandemic you know, hits its high point, and then begins to work on the downcline here in about three weeks to a month, what we're going to see is all these football coaches begin to strategize and talk to one another, talk to the athletics department, talk to the administration. How can we make this happen? Now, I don't think the spring game is going to happen. I think that's off the table at this point. But I do think Oklahoma and Texas and Iowa State and all these schools across the Big 12 and across the country, they're going to figure out how to get their team in there and get these workouts. I definitely, definitely agree with you. There are a lot of question marks across the board, not just when it comes to Oklahoma, as you've mentioned, who, when we look at depth, when we look at position, when we look at replacing well-known starters who had major impacts, these across the board teams are attempting to figure out who's going to fill that role. That's not just going to happen as we begin summer and, and fall, it, a lot of those battles are going to start and we're going to have a leader or an expected starter by the time spring ball closes on a general year. We already have that of quarterback though. Just want to throw that out. There. Right. This year may be a little bit different as public eye will not be involved. There will be, as you're speculating at this point, there likely will not be a spring game at the University of Oklahoma. But these universities, the investment that's made into these players via scholarships, room, board, books, etc., they will figure out a way that they're going to continue to push them. They're going to figure out a way that they can get in connection with these players, whether that's in a weight room or, or whatever that may look like moving forward, there will be some way that coaches are pushing these players and having these battles begin to play out. And like I said, that's across the board for me. No well, questions asked. And I'm talking about more than just a weight room and all. I'm talking, these guys will be on the field in pads working out. This will happen. It, it may not happen to the end of April. It may not happen until May, but it will happen. There's just no way it's not going to. It's just like you're saying the public eye is not going to have uh, have its presence there. No access with media even being able to attend a press conference. Well, but as I, well. I I think by the time we hit May and 
you know, ish, the, the, the media is going to be able to come back in. So what you're saying is the Olympics won't be canceled? No, I think the Olympics, I, I don't, first of all, I don't care about the Olympics, um, <laughs> but I, I do think they're going to get canceled, I, but I think they're going to get those, pushed. Those are in July. I think they're going to get pushed back to push back a year because it's not, it's, I know July, but they're, they're saying by, by June, July, this thing will have just crashed. It's, it's not going to be anywhere like it is now, but you got to look at all the prep time, all the, all the time to get ready to compete and all the, the, the meetings and the things that have to take place. You know, you got all those those preliminary games leading up to the Olympics and all those things that are not going to take place. I think there's a good chance the Olympics get pushed back. But again, I could care less about the Olympics. I, I, I don't even, I'm, I, I don't watch the Olympics. I'm sorry. Uh, that may make me unpatriotic and American. I look at what's happening on, on this, on the, uh, on the TV. When I do some highlights, maybe I'll watch a basketball game one or two, but again, I'm not an Olympic guy. I don't care about the Olympics. What I do care about is Oklahoma football. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen. There will be practices on the field in pads, not in March, probably not in April, but as May rolls around and that semester begins to close, I'm telling you, this is going to happen. And that's okay. But here, here's what you got to get at when, when you talk about not having spring ball, a traditional spring ball, and not having the spring game, suddenly that goes back to recruiting. Now we're thinking, okay, so how is this going to affect Oklahoma recruiting? And and what I think, and I think you agree with me on this, that's good. That's good news if you're the University of Oklahoma because you've already hosted the top quarterback in the nation. You've already hosted the top running back in the nation. You've already hosted one of the top offensive linemen in the nation. And if recruiting is shut down across the board until May or June, man, you, you've hosted them and you've made your impression – Texas doesn't get to, and well, actually, the running back was at Texas uh, the day after he was at Oklahoma. But you get what I'm saying. LSU hasn't had their three days with with Caleb, you know, and and Maryland's never going to get their three days, but they think they have a shot. All I'm saying is Oklahoma has had the chance to make their impression. I don't see how this hiatus of spring football and hiatus of recruiting and most likely a, a, a absence of a of a spring game. I don't think that hurts Oklahoma right now. I think it hurts everybody else, but Oklahoma's already made their impression. That's right. And that was something that you and I had talked about earlier. Unprompted had the exact same thought process as the cancellations were being handled down. Oklahoma sitting in a, in a very good position. What we know is that as a coaching staff, as a team, they've wanted to increase the talent level, the talent pool that is available within the limit of scholarships, but they also want want to add guys who can have that immediate impact. It's why we're seeing this host of five-star recruits land on campus. There's something that Oklahoma is doing that is enticing them. And I don't know why my mind centers around this idea of Gold Rush, the, the TV show. It's kind of as if Oklahoma is sifting through the dirt and, and they're they're able to pull out these nuggets, of, of course, everybody wants them, Matt. I so, know. So what you're saying is Caleb Williams, that's a nugget of gold that they're pulling out. Is that is that the analogy? You're I'm just trying to follow you. Sure, here. why not? Okay. I, why can't I use that analogy? No, I'm not saying you can't. I just want to make sure I'm clear on what you're Every, saying. Everyone's digging through the same dirt is what I'm saying. Okay. And they're hoping to find the biggest gold nuggets. Caleb Williams, <laughs> you can laugh all you want. Caleb Williams it would be one of the most prized possessions in this recruiting class. 
Samar Wheaton, one of the most prized possessions in this recruiting class. And when I'm looking at what Oklahoma is doing, is, is they're the ones who are saying, look, we've got a spot for you. This is what we've done in the past. This is how we're going to use you in the future. They're talking schematics. They're, they're talking very specifically about how these players fit into what Lincoln Riley is doing offensively and what Alex Grinch is doing defensively, and they're winning them over. And when other universities don't have that opportunity, the only thing you can think is that very much so pushes the odds in Oklahoma's favor. The reason I laughed at that is because of uh, Dewan Warren. Do you know who that is? I'm not sure. He, he's one of the top cornerback, Juco cornerbacks in the nation and Oklahoma he's is a gold in, nugget. Well, he's in uh, <laughs> Oklahoma's in on him and he appears at this point to be in on Oklahoma has not committed yet, but uh, very favorable. His nickname. Do you want to know what his, guess what his nickname is? No. His nickname is nugget. And so when you're talking about this, I just, uh, that's, that's why I started laughing because literally they're trying to pull a nugget out. Uh, that's just that this may go down as one of the worst recruiting analogies Ever in the history of wow, podcasts? Wow, man! I'm Should I saying, leave right now? No, I'm just saying. Just set the mic down and um, go. I'm just. I'm. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Let's talk about athletes. Um, I I used uh, Giselle um, Juarez today on my post. Um, you know, Kristen Doolittle is out there saying, "I can't believe my career ended this way," but thank you, uh, the University of Oklahoma, for the time and so forth. Uh, I'm on a different page than well, you. No, are, I don't. Wavelength. I don't. I don't think you are. Um, should athletes, spring sport athletes, be awarded another year of eligibility based off of this decision of the NCAA that trickled down to the individual universities? Basketball, no. I agree with you. Basketball, no. They Basketball was able to complete a season. They played every single game on the schedule. The only thing that was impacted was the postseason. Which brings me to a quick question as I break from the conversation, because the Big 12 tournament had two games, it means it had two winners. No one else won a game in the Big 12 tournament. Should we just go ahead and give Kansas State and Oklahoma State a share of the Big 12 championship? <laughs> it's a silly question. It doesn't even require a response. But for basketball, I don't believe that they should be – I don't think they should be given an additional year because of the pandemic that is going on currently. However, the Oklahoma, I'm looking at Oklahoma specifically, obviously the Sooners baseball team having one of the best seasons of the, the past five, six, seven years, in all honesty, ranked number 12 in the country, number nine, if you look at Baseball America, a, a legitimate shot at winning the Big 12, a legitimate shot at making a deep, deep run in the postseason and potentially earning a spot in the College World Series. Softball, I know you've put all this in an article, so I'm echoing what that article has said. Softball, number six in the country, only four losses, 20-plus wins on the season. My, my concern isn't so much with someone like Giselle Juarez, who is considered a senior, but has missed a majority of the season because of an injury. I felt as though she could have earned a medical redshirt or just taken a regular redshirt at this point in time, had Oklahoma opted to continue on without utilizing her heavily. 
she's the the odd one out on this because Shannon Sale doesn't get that kind of a pass. Mm-hmm. She's the one I would be more concerned with if the season is cut short. Her senior season, she's played just a handful, I say a handful, quite a few games at this point in time. Well, she's she's has carried the team to their 20 and 4 record. I mean, it's Right. Yeah, and she, then, she's been the the catalyst at this point. And then we're looking at the freshmen, we're looking at the sophomores who just lose a season of eligibility. That that's the bigger concern for me and why I said that we were on a different wavelength is do these players and you asked the question correctly, in my opinion, do these players are are they granted an additional year of eligibility, assuming these sports never resume? I think it's it's a fair question to ask, and I think it would be earned, it would be justified if they were given that. Well, I think I think it's you have to. I mean, honest, I, I agree with you on basketball. As much as I would love to see Christian Doolittle have one more senior season, you're right. He played a full season. He didn't get a postseason, but he played a full season. And and the scholarship numbers would never work out. Well, and I mean, well, I was going to go to Oklahoma State that got some guys. You know, Lindy Waters. He's a Norman native, but you know, he's played a full season. He doesn't. He's not going to get a postseason regardless. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it, that that argument doesn't doesn't fly because if you do it for Christian Doolittle because his team qualified for the postseason, you have to do it for Lindy Waters even though they didn't. Across the board, that argument's not going to work. And I would love to again, I would love to see Doolittle have another year, but it's it's just not feasible. However, what you're talking about, spring sports, and it's not just softball and baseball. Maggie Nichols, who is a world-class gymnast at the University of Oklahoma, she's done. Right. All of a sudden, she's done. Why? Well, because she didn't get injured. She didn't make a decision to not participate. Someone made that decision for her. Therefore, I believe those entities are obligated to make that right. Now I want to I want to read something to you that, that just popped up, and um, and and this is from uh, Heather Tarr, who is the women's well, it, there's only one version of softball in NCAA, who is the head softball coach uh, for Washington. L- listen to what she says. She says, "Time to fight for our students' opportunities. Not right now. Let the curve flatten." But I'll be darned if Sis Bates, Morgan Flores, KJ Gibson, Taryn Atley have played their last softball game. You know what I'm saying? And and she and then she and at the end she says, This is not the end. There will be because of statements like that, I believe people will begin to rally around the idea. Like I said, everyone is really attempting to wade through the waters. They're attempting to find a course of action in the moments as the decisions are handed down, but we don't know the far-reaching effects of this yet. That's one of those conversations, like I said, that will begin to bubble up to the surface. I was more specifically referencing the jobs when it came to the NBA, even though we're talking about the college level. All the people who are hourly are, are on an hourly wage and are employed by these different venues mm-hmm. – what about the restaurants and the revenue? It, there's, Like I said, there's a lot to be discussed here, and I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that we hear coming from the universities, the athletes, and more specifically the coaches. Well, Gino Ariyama, the uh, legendary head coach for UConn women's basketball, has just released a statement that he's in favor of um, – of 
offering seniors of spring sports an extra year of eligibility. And here, his, 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 his quote is, my feeling is this, this is an unprecedented event, so you have to take unprecedented measures. By the way, uh, breaking now, right now, um, in, by the time you listen to this podcast, it won't be breaking, but it's breaking while we're recording. The XFL has now suspended. It will not be playing its regular season games. But here's what's cool. I, I, the XFL is doing it right, and I'm sure – I'm sure the NBA and Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League are doing the same thing. It says currently the XFL will not be playing its regular season games. However, all players will be paid their base salary and benefits for the 2020 regular season. That's um, XFL? Yeah. All XFL ticket holders will be issued refunds or credit towards future games. The XFL is committed to playing a full season in 2021 and in future years. Did you hear about the NBA? Side note. By the way, saying that they could potentially suspend pay for the NBA players most likely won't happen, but it is on it is on the table. Well, I mean, I, I, I look, I, I, you get into all kinds of issues with that. Okay, when, when once you're once you start talking about collective bargaining agreements and contracts and all that stuff, it becomes very very interesting. But can we be honest about NBA players and Major League Baseball players? If they don't receive another game check, they're not going to be in the food lines. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, okay. So I want I want to jump back to this for the University of Oklahoma just real fast and and just just to reiterate what um, what we're talking about. Oklahoma spring football not going to happen, but Oklahoma is sitting pretty well right now with recruiting. I do believe that. These there's the NCAA is going to do something for these spring athletes. I, I really do believe that. But here here's the final question I have for you, Rich. Um, is should this only be for seniors, or should it be across the board, regardless of what level you are? <laughs> I, as I've mentioned, don't believe that you should lose a year of eligibility because again, that decision wasn't in your hands. You didn't opt to sit out. You didn't suffer an injury. You were told that your season was over. And now, without the opportunity to compete, you suffer the consequences of the decisions that be, even though they were out of your hands. So like I said, it creates a nightmare when it comes to to scholarships. But I do believe there are people who are good enough. They recognize the opportunity. They will turn pro. It is going to vacate a few spots, but those who want that last hurrah, that opportunity, even for those who who may not go on to the professional realm, who want to leave a legacy, they should be be afforded that opportunity. No, I, I agree. And like I said, that's across the board. I agree. And so we're, we're going to talk about uh, the NBA playoffs, whether they will or will not happen. And then we're going to build uh, our Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma football players Top four Oklahoma football players of all time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. This is the Sooner Nation podcast. 
the online podcast of Heartland Sports. Heartland-sports.com is where you can find our content. Um, I want us to build Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma football. And look, here, here's the thing. We got to figure out something to talk about, okay? Uh, we're, we're not going to have live sports for at least a month to cover. So we got to figure out, <laughs> which some will things. be interesting. Yeah. So we got to figure out some things to talk about. So we'll go that route. But here, before we jump into that, I want to get your take on this. I think the answer is yes, but I want your opinion. Will there be an NBA playoffs this year? I, I don't see how there isn't at this point in time. The truth for me is that. When we look at the games that have been played, some teams have played 67, some teams have played 64, and everybody else falls in between that. In an 82-game season, the seedings aren't going to change that much. I know there's a lot up for grabs within the last 13 to, to 17 games. It's not even 17, 16 mm-hmm. games of the year. And I get that things will shake out in those final series, those final pairings that are played, but ultimately I don't think it has a drastic input on who is included in the playoffs versus who is excluded, which is why I believe that this is, you've used the term hiatus. I believe that the suspension of all NBA activities, they will resume, but they'll take the seedings as they are currently for the, for yeah, the playoffs. And, and that's what I think is going to happen. I, I think it's going to be um, the way it is now. I think, I, I think regular season is over. And the way it's and for Oklahoma City, there's there's an argument that hey, if we would have beat Utah on Wednesday night, we would be the number four seed, and Utah would be the number five seed. I don't think that matters as much. It doesn't. Four and what, five play right, each other. But so. pride, pride is there. We're a top four seed, but you're gonna you're gonna end up playing each other regardless. Utah's gonna have home court advantage. That's that's what what you look at there. Um, and and I, I so if if it's that if it's that way, you have three teams in the East that had locked up their playoff spot. Yeah, Milwaukee, best record in the NBA, Toronto, and Boston <laughs> had already locked up their spots. So oh, here's good. here's the way it's it would good. look like in the East. Milwaukee would be playing Orlando. Toronto at the number two seed would be playing Brooklyn. Boston would be playing Philadelphia. And then Miami and Indiana play each other at four and five seeds. In the West, the Lakers are the only team in the West at this point who had locked up a, a, a spot in the playoffs. The Clippers are close, and so are the Nuggets. But the Lakers are the only one who who have it locked. As of right now, the way it stands, L.A. gets a four-game sweep over Memphis in the first round of the playoffs. Los Angeles, will the, the Clippers, will play the Dallas Mavericks. Denver would play against Houston, who are all the way down at the number six seed. And then Utah at Oklahoma City against Oklahoma City, 4-5 matchup. I, I'm confident. I'm confident that a lot of lawyers had a lot of input on these decisions being made because there will be lawsuits. I think that are going to pin down. For example, Rudy Gobert goes in and he touches all the equipment of the sports writers. Okay. Um, that video's out there. I think everyone has seen it. He does his press conference. People are mad at Rudy Gobert. Again, people, people respond to this in different ways. And some people, their personality, when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm worried, when I'm bothered is to be silly, stupid, sarcastic, I think that's what Rudy Gobert did. I actually saw some reporters um, who were laughing about that, talking about how jovial Rudy Gobert is, how he's a funny guy. And then two days later, everyone's mad at Rudy Gobert. You can't make your opinion based on the circumstances. But the the, the point I'm making is 
one of those reporters gets sick with a coronavirus, there will be a lawsuit against Rudy Gobert. I mean, I'm just saying, lawyers had a lot to do with this decision, but the NBA knows what people want. And you talked about the revenue, third, third highest revenue in the world as far as sports are concerned. There will be a playoff. It's just going to happen, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I, I think you, you suspend for 30 days, no activities, no games. That takes you right into the playoffs. So the season, I, I believe the regular season is over in the NBA, but the playoffs will happen. Thoughts? No, I like I said, the let me back up a little bit because this isn't the first time that we've had a shortened season in the NBA. Granted, it wasn't because of these circumstances. Back in the, I want to say it was the 98-99 season, there was a shortened season and it was because of a lockout there there's a standoff as people are trying to come up with terms for the year the players the owners etc we've had a shortened season before this isn't anything new i laughed though earlier because i'm extremely curious in a 30 day period we're going to find out who put the work in on an individual basis and who didn't? And if it extends beyond that, we could see some monster upsets in the NBA because of teams who haven't solidified themselves as a team or lost that rhythm and that momentum or someone decided they wanted all the McDonald's hamburgers they could eat during this break. And they're just flat, worn out and out of shape and can't compete in a seven game Serious. It'll be very interesting, but to answer your question, we've seen shortened seasons. We've seen NBA champions during those seasons. Tim Duncan is the one that I will always remember with the San Antonio Spurs in the shortened season. Needless to say, it's not unfamiliar territory. We just have this weird break that will take place in the middle, and I think the NBA can manage. I think they put it on. I don't think they they really are looking at losing tons and tons of of money, but you bring up a good point with the revenue, the playoffs are what people care about. It's the end all be all. And so we will see that put on. Well, and people have talked for years about the the NBA playoffs being the second half of the season. It's the NBA second season. And here's what's so crazy is there's so much focus. There's so much, dare I use the word hype because of the reshifting of the NBA. You talk about LeBron James coming to L.A., Kawhi Leonard wins a championship in Toronto, and now all of a sudden he and Paul George are also in L.A. Different teams, the Lakers versus the Clippers, I get it, but that would be if if they meet in a Western Conference Finals, can you talk about just how many eyes, sets of eyes oh, yeah. would be on that well, series, even if there weren't fans in the stands, people tuning in to watch it on well, TV. And that's what I was, I was going to say is is revenue. TV revenue is going to well, be. It's the biggest one. TV revenue the is the I, biggest, if, can, biggest If concern. you do the playoffs without spectators, TV revenue is going to go through the roof. And anything that this – league has lost by suspending activities for 30 days they're going to recuperate and then some by selling advertisements right through the i mean i'm talking about networks and so forth i mean the, the advertisements because everyone's gonna be the lakers and the clippers have never played each other in the postseason and if you were to get an all la western conference championship like you're talking about 
I mean, that is going to be epic television. That, that's going to be Super Bowl level. As we're talking on the NBA, the though. NBA. Just going to throw this out there about how times have changed, okay? As we're talking about the NBA. When you think about Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan's greatest games. Does one particular game come to mind under these circumstances? You're going to talk about the flu game? The flu game. I'm just saying it's NBA legend. The flu game is legendary. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Clarification on uh, recruiting. The Big 12 Conference has announced that beginning Friday, March 13th, it is suspending on-campus and off-campus recruiting for sports that will take place until March 29th. So basically... For the next 16 days, no recruiting at all uh, in the Big 12. So keep that in mind. No, 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 no. That, not no recruiting. Because on tw- campus and off campus to me is all recruiting. Visits, right? Visits. Well, that's what I'm talking. I mean, Twitter DMs, well, phone calls. Okay, okay. I'm talking about preparing hype videos to entice okay. players uh, to come to your university. Recruiting yes. will never cease. Well, except unless it's a dead period. True. Recruiting will never cease unless it's a dead period. And you can bet that these social media teams in this in the wake of this news are already trying to figure out ways to promote themselves. Yeah, I'm just talking about face to face personal no, interactions. I get it. All right. We're so. we're Matt, we're in, in brand new times where the sky's the limit because of social media. Yeah. I'm curious a lot of programs I've mentioned Oklahoma the last time you and I sat down together, which was just two days ago. I mentioned the what they had done that was unique. I think we're going to see something very similar come out of it. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Our um, our Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma football, uh, four presidents on Mount Rushmore. So that means we get to pick four players that we're going to say are our all-time favorite players. Now, this is going to be different. Oh, they're our all-time favorites. Whoops. Based okay. on um, based on preference, I mean, I'm older than you. You're a different generation, obviously. So I go back further. So guys that I can remember and guys that uh, I remember either watching or learning about at a young age, maybe on my list, you're going to go back. I mean, like the decade of the 90s wasn't a great decade. Uh, for Oklahoma football until you get to like 99 when Bob Stoops arrives. So you're going to have a different list than I'm going to have. And then Joe from Anadarko is going to have his list. So, I mean, it's, it's conversation. So whether they, these guys deserve or don't deserve to be on this list is what we're going to debate for the next few minutes. Now, before we start, I'm going to ask you this question and I'm putting you on the spot. I, I recognize it. Do you know, can you name all four presidents on Mount Rushmore? No. You really can't? No. Can you name any of them? Yes. All right, name, who can you name? George Washington. Yep. Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson? Yeah, yeah. It's not Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Is it really? Yeah, you got three out of four. Can you do one more? No, I'll never get the fourth one. I'm going to give you a hint. Built the Panama Canal. No clue. 
I know who gave it away. I mean, who sold it? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. He didn't sell it. He gave it away. Um, okay. Um, uh, Robin Williams played him in Night at the Museum. Oh, Theodore Roosevelt. Yes, there you go. There's your four presidents. Uh, on... I thinking I was thinking it was someone that was fairly obscure in terms of presidential names. Oh no, Teddy's not obscure at all. Okay, so essentially what we're looking for is your Teddy Roosevelt, your George Washington, your Abraham Lincoln of college fo- of Oklahoma football. So I'm gonna let you, my friend, go first. Give me your number one. And again, Matt, they're, I, they're I, not in any particular order. They, okay? They're they, not in any particular yeah, well, order. Just you're, you're one, absolutely two, three, right. Four doesn't mean... I, I'm going to give you the name that I'm 100% set on at this point in time. There's a revolving door going on in my mind because my criteria is rapidly shifting as we're sitting here from who had the greatest career to maybe who had the greatest moments okay. in Sounds Sooner fair. history. Yeah, yeah. And so, like I said, I'm going to throw out undeniably one name that I believe you have to include on the list, regardless of what you think. It's Adrian Peterson. Okay. I I give you, yeah. Adrian Peterson, the best best running back in Oklahoma Sooner history. You are not agreeing. Tell me why. I don't know that I'm agreeing. I'm not agreeing. I just don't know if I can. Because, look, my my first guy I was going to say was Billy Sims. Now, Billy Sims, Adrian Peterson. Billy Sims okay, had, let me Billy Sims had 3,800 yards and 50 touchdowns. Can I rephrase it? Of course you can. Um, Adrian Peterson, the greatest OU running back not to win a Heisman. I think I can definitely get on board mm-hmm. with that. I, I can definitely get on board with that. I, and, and Adrian was great. I mean, he was fun to watch. Um, I just don't know if I can say greatest of all time. Right. And And – because there have been some really, really There have ones. been, and so I wanted to retract my statement and insert the second one. Okay, I can definitely get on board with you on the second one. I'm going Billy Sims as my first guy. Uh, now, that's going back in time before you were born. Billy Sims is like – I was born when Billy Sims played. Uh, he played 75 – yeah, he played 75 to 79. <laughs> but you you got right there because he's still relevant mm-hmm. because of that right there. You know, right. it's more than just barbecue. It's every time a, someone's presented at the Heisman Trophy that wears the crimson and cream, there's Billy in the background. Boomer! You know, mm-hmm. he's very – he's a very proud alum – He's very involved. Um, he's very outspoken, very boisterous. But the dude was a great running back. I mean, again, right. one of the first guys I became aware of as a young Oklahoma football fan. Um, and so he's my first guy. Complete different era. You're talking about the stat line. Complete different era of football. Different style. Okay, yes. But I looked it up. Adrian Peterson, 4,045 rushing yards in his career. Billy Sims, 3,813 rushing yards. Billy Sims with 50 touchdowns. Adrian Peterson only had 41. So, AD, more yards. Billy, more touchdowns. I think they're both really, really great running backs. So, I they... Yeah, we're not arguing no, that. No, 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 we're, we're arguing not. who belongs on Mount Rushmore. Well... And, and my approach is, is a more modern approach. Doesn't dip back quite as far as yours. Does and, and that's pretty obvious right. here because I wanted to go with guys that that I could remember. No, that's fine, and and I do remember, but that's why I don't have Bill mm-hmm. uh, of um, uh, Steve Owens on my list. Steve Owens, if we're going to talk about the greatest running backs in Oklahoma football history, Steve Owens definitely needs to be in that conversation. Fifty-six touchdowns, three thousand eight hundred and sixty-seven rushing yards. 
won a Heisman Trophy, but I don't remember. I've, I never. I don't mm. remember watching Steve Owens play. Right. I remember hearing about Steve Owens. I remember watching Billy. Um, so that's why Billy gets my vote. You've got Adrian Peterson. Uh, give me your second guy. The second one. Are we excluding coaches from this? Yeah, yeah. We need to go players, Bummer. man. Yeah, yeah. No, unless the coach played, like uh, Josh Heupel. Yeah, not not the case. All right. Though, so I'll, I'll give you my second one, and I believe another staple for me, and it was because of the personality that was brought to the field. Whether you liked this person or you hated this person, you were always aware that they were somewhere in the venue, and that's Baker Mayfield. Baker's definitely on my list, and so I'm going to go ahead and throw him out there as my number two. I agree wholeheartedly on Baker Mayfield. Uh, we are going to be doing, um, again, in a dead period with no sports, one of the things that we're going to be releasing is going to be our all-decade football team. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there and let you know we've already voted on this as a staff. Our offense is done. Baker Mayfield is our all-decade quarterback for the Big 12. There's the impact that Baker had on the game to have everybody watch. Why did the Kansas Jayhawks not shake Baker Mayfield's hand because <laughs> everybody was fully aware of Baker Mayfield. You And you either loved Baker Mayfield or you hated Baker Mayfield, but what you had to do was you had to respect Baker Mayfield and his game. I am 100% on board with you. Um, Baker Mayfield, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Um, he earned a spot actually in the um, – in the 150 uh, college football players uh, of all time list. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I got no, no quorum with Baker Mayfield. Um, do, do you know, again, we're talking about just how good he was. Sooners won three straight big 12 championships and two They They appeared in two college football playoff appearances in the three years that Baker Mayfield played at the university of Oklahoma. But if you include his year at Texas Tech, do you know how many passing yards he did in four Not years of college football? Not a clue. 14,607 passing yards, 131 passing touchdowns. That dude doesn't just deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma football. He deserves to be in the conversation of one of the greatest all-time college football players. Definitely a Hall of Famer. All right, so um, – to recap, I got Billy. You got AD. Uh, we both have Baker Mayfield. Let's go with number three. Number three, and and this is for. Do you want me to go first now? No, nah, it doesn't oh, matter oh, to okay. me. No, number three for me came down to a, a singular moment in a game and how decisive it was, but also how memorable it was because I can walk downtown Oklahoma City to potentially one of your favorite hot dog joints. I don't know that they have a picture, but it wouldn't surprise me if a picture of this moment existed in inside Coney Island in Oklahoma City. By so, the way, I went there yesterday. So the name, the name that I'm going to give you, you want to take a guess? No, hit me with no that. guesses. No, I got zero guesses. Dang, because there's so many. I mean, I I could guess there there are so many big moments in Oklahoma football history. Roy Williams jumping. That's up. it. Is, That's it. <laughs> Look at that. First guess out the gate. Roy Williams. And okay. like I said, it's you're you've mentioned the moment. Uh -huh. It's it's the Superman photo. Right. Talk about as a photographer to be able to catch that moment. Mm -hmm. You just made 
quite quite a, a considerable lump sum of cash right. by selling that. Well, and, and keep in mind, we're talking about a guy who did have – it is one of the top moments in, mm-hmm. in college football history. But and he's I, also a good player. He was a great player. And I, I had the chance to talk to Roy uh, several years ago when we were uh, writing with another website, and I, I had a chance to interview him for our podcast and we talked about that moment, and but he's defined by so. I much, remember that conversation. He's defined hearing by, after the fact. Right, sorry, so much more than just that moment. And um, this is a guy who literally changed the game. We, we got to talk about this when we're talking about Roy Williams and how that that moment. He's bigger than that moment because he forever changed this game. the The horse collar tackle is known as the Roy Williams rule. I mean, that was his deal. He would chase you down and. He's a defender. Well, that's his job. That's the way he, he was a violent player. That the the shots to the head, though the way you tackle, all of that changed because of Roy Williams. Roy Williams wasn't just a defender. He was a defender who he felt like his job was to punish you for getting the ball. So I got no problems with it beyond the play. Now he's not on my list, but pretty pretty dang good. Um, listen for my number three, and I'm pretty sure our number two and number or our number three, and number four are not going to be the same, but for my number three, I, I am going to go with a guy who I barely existed while he played. So what I'm going to say is this, I never, Uh-oh. I never watched him. I this ne- may be my number four. Oh, okay. I never watched him play a game live. Never saw it. Now, I saw him in multiple highlights. I saw him play in the NFL. But you cannot have a Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma football that does not include Leroy Selman. That that was your number four? That that is number four. I mean, you just can't. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I know that I had prefaced the this list by saying I was going with guys that I could could remember play. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is I didn't watch Leroy Selman play. You couldn't have. I, I, I know, <laughs> right? I don't really recall any highlights of him playing, but I know the impact he had on the community, not just in Norman, but in the whole Oklahoma City Metro. Attending high school football games, you know whose name I heard? Leroy Selman. You know who, if he has showed up to a game, who people continuously pointed out? It was Leroy Selman. Mm-hmm. I, I know that he had some nephews who were playing in games while I was attending high school football games. But needless to say, that that's why he's on that list for me. It wasn't me potential or me being able to witness, be an eyewitness account of the style of player that he was, but it was that that impact and the legend that he the legacy as well that he left behind. Absolutely. The number one overall draft pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the 1976 NFL draft. Do you know what Oklahoma's record was with him playing? Three losses? No. No losses? No, they they had their their overall record in his time at the University of Oklahoma, 32-1-1. One, and one. How would you like to just be a guy on that team? You never played. You know, you're the scout team guy. You never played, but you were there at the same time as Leroy Selman. Did you just about say, yeah, we went 32-1-1 one, and one. <laughs> Well, I was in college. So, all right, so Leroy makes your number one. Um, honestly, again, we're not ranking them in order, but if you right. were – if you were ranking them in order, I think Leroy has to be. He is the centerpiece of Oklahoma football, I think, when you talk about that. My number one is, um, honestly, I'm just going to throw this out there. 
I do think he deserves the spot, but he is my favorite all-time football player from the University of Oklahoma. Sam Bradford. Not Sam Bradford. Although Sam was fun to watch, really good quarterback, but no. You want to take another guess, like a, another real guess? He played on the offensive side of the ball. Tommy McDonald? I no, I didn't watch Tommy. Tommy McDonald was awesome as well. Um, uh, he played, I'm going to tell you this, he played in the 80s. Yeah, don't don't ask me that. Okay. Well, when I'm telling you, Here, you're gonna, when I tell you, you're gonna, oh yeah. Matt, I was barely, I mean, I was born in the 80s, okay? All right, so and I was born in after the midway point of the 80s. Averaged nearly 24 yards per catch in a wishbone offense, a member of the 1985 National Championship team, the one, the only, Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson was, he, as a tight end, in a wishbone offense, he was underused, but always explosive. If if you don't know Keith Jackson, don't remember Keith Jackson, just go to YouTube to see how this, this how athletic he was. Go to YouTube, type in Keith Jackson tight end reverse, and watch the play against Nebraska. Unbelievable how good he was for his position. He changed the game as well. I mean, he 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 busted open NFL free agency when he went from the Green Bay Packers to the Miami Dolphins. So he he had a not only did he have a, a huge impact uh, on the college football world with the University of Oklahoma, but he had a huge impact on the National Football League as far as free agency. Now here's the here's the the craziest stat for me about Keith Jackson. And again, I, if you didn't remember watching him play. You need to go just look up the the way he impacted the game. Do you know how many we're talking about a guy who is a all-time Mount Rushmore guy for Oklahoma football? You want to guess how many career receptions he had? Forty. An all-time an all-time guy. So you we, when you think about all-time guys like C.D. Lamb or right, well, know, but but like I said, it's it's the style of play. Right, it was a very offense. run right. run oriented mm-hmm. offense that was very successful, by the way. So to be a guy who isn't the bread and butter, isn't the number one option in that offense. Like I said, I I assumed that it would be pretty low. Forty four. I just threw that out jokingly. Well, you want to make a real guess then? If if I had to make a guess, I mean I would venture to say what was it four years? Yeah, you're off by you're off by uh, less than twenty catches. Okay, because I was actually going to bump it up to say seventy seven. No, that'd be more than twenty from. 20. I know, I know, but that's <laughs> that was where my initial thought went to was seventy seven, and and that's based on four years. Yeah, so so it's sixty eight, sixty two. 68 would still be more than 20 from 44. Just sometimes math, you know, sometimes math is, is hard, but 62. Why I don't go to school anymore. 62 career, um, career catches. People attribute and rightfully so people attribute Jamel Holloway as the catalyst for that 1985 championship season. And I don't take anything away from Jamel Holloway, but if you don't have Keith Jackson on that team, you're not beating Penn state in the orange bowl to, to finalize that national championship. I want to make one, just one final statement to gauge. Is this an accurate statement is what I'm asking? Because the way I view Leroy Selman, 
I didn't get to watch Wayman Tisdale play basketball either at the University mm. of Oklahoma. But would we say, I mean, would this be an accurate statement to say Leroy Selman is to Oklahoma football what Wayman Tisdale was to Oklahoma basketball? I would say yes, with the exception that it wasn't just Leroy. It was his brothers. The brothers. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, Lucius and Dewey. Um, I started to say Ducious. Uh, that's not at all what I meant. Um, but um, – <laughs> It's a Freudian I think, slip. I we'll think that I think the Selman brothers and Leroy was the best of the Selman brothers, but I think the Selman brothers are to Oklahoma football what Wayman Tisdale was to Oklahoma basketball, and they put you follow Oklahoma on the map. You know, people suddenly didn't talk about you follow Oklahoma because of a lake; they talked about you follow Oklahoma because of the Selman brothers. So. That's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, he's Rich. I'm Matt. This has been the Sooner Nation Podcast. Thanks again for participating. You got some disagreements or agreements on our Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma football players. We'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. You can also find us on the web, heartland-sports.com, and leave a comment in the podcast uh, post. Thanks again. Uh, don't let the coronavirus get you. Have a great weekend. Boomer Sooner.